Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Brought to you by Ultimate Guard. Now, now Sam, I'm, I'm going to need you to describe to me just the, the toilet. Did you go for like long bowl? Is it like a short round bowl? Are you going for like the fuzzy like toilet topper? So we're actually like, keeping the real? toilet. The, the toilet actually got a bath because it rained last night, so oh. we played outside, and it just got a bath. It was Rough. great. Oh, I definitely <laughs> at first heard that as, like, for some reason there was an open, <laughs> like, there was just no wall between the toilet and the outdoors. <laughs> You're oh. like, oh, we put it outside. You're like, yeah, it actually rained last night, so the toilet got washed. I was like, oh, that's, that's strange. Well, no, my first thought, because when you used the word bath, was the fact that oh, maybe you're just cutting out the middleman and you've got the toilet in the shower. Oh, yeah, speed, you know, all all about that efficiency. You guys save those uh, minutes where you can. That's the kind of thing I, I can... to see in Japan. And like... If I can cut my S to the third power down to just S... <laughs> I'm good. Like, I think that's the best way to start your day. <laughs> now, Efficiency. and John, you know, we're talking about starting your day. There's no better way to start your day than the RVA Returners podcast. Boys and girls, we are back. Episode 83. We are we are slowly approaching episode 100. And I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me on the case, badge and gun, in the holster, on the chest. John Schreiner, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Oh man, John, I'm great. It's uh, you know, we're back from reunion after last week, but you know, and that's, you know, we're not going to go too far because we've got some really special guests with us today, John. We've got some uh, longtime friends, longtime fans, and people I'm happy to call friends. And I'm talking about Mr. Brian Liu and Mr. Sam Tool. Boys, say hi to everyone. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm here. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Always great to have you guys on. Um, I know, Brian, this is your first time on the cast. And Sam, I know you've been on a couple things that we've done. Um, I don't know. Have you been on an episode yet? Uh, again, my, my, I'm old. I, I, you know, I get more I, caught up with you. I don't believe so. I, I believe I, I was just doing uh, a few small things with y'all uh, here and there, but not on an official episode. Man, oh, man. This is great. So we got two fantastic human beings that were all both at reunion. Um so we're going to go over that as well. Yeah, that's kind of the meat and potatoes of our episode, but we've got a lot to talk about before we get to that. Um, you know, but John, you know, we don't just dive into things all willy-nilly. We like to tee them up. We like to get everything set up. We like to, you know, we like to get all of our facts, our ducks in a row. And John, where where do you think we like to go to present this information? Where where can you find all the hot takes? Everything that's happening in the community? You know, maybe, you know, John, I, I ask you every week, but we got guests on. We do. Sam, Brian, do you know where we're going? Do you know what it's time for? Oh, my God. Is, is it time? <laughs> is it the news? First up, um, one of the big pieces of news that came out in the last couple weeks, um, it was no secret that at the Crystal Cups, when we when you go to day two, top thirty-two is going to consist of uh, a draft format. But this draft format is going to be a little bit different than it was last year. It's not going to be Opus Ten or Opus Eleven draft. In fact, boys, we're cubing. If you make day two, top thirty-two is a they call it all-star draft, but you know it's called it's called a spade a spade. It's a cube. 
Damn it. It's a cube. It's just a cube. Yeah, they like to have it's fun just a cube. for things. Yeah, it's a cube. So, boys, what? and they've revealed the contents of said cube. Now, it's only Opus 1 through 10, because obviously the first few Crystal Cups domestically, well, the first Crystal Cup here, and I think two of them over in the EU, are going to be Opus 10. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure, and I think they've mentioned it, when Opus 11 comes out, they're going to update it for those events. Yeah, they said that they're going to keep it updated, so... Well, boys, what do we think of this? Because um, I guess I'll, I'll preface asking you guys with this. When I look at cubes, I think of something very beer and pretzels, something very fun and casual. What do you guys think of having a cube in a competitive event? Sam, I'm going to start with you. I know you are an avid drafter for other games and this game. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, so so for all games, I always love making cubes. I actually have a cube for uh, the Nardo CCG. I have a Nardo or a uh, a Magic the Gathering cube. Uh, mm-hmm. I have it both with power and without power. Um, and then I also have a um, it's proxied. It's it's mm-hmm. not my oh. power, but um, <laughs> and then uh, I I actually had a Final Fantasy cube um, that I made pretty much as soon as I got into this game, Opus Five, mm-hmm. Opus Six. Um, I didn't really update it from there. And so obviously I love cubes. Um, usually when my, you know, we, on our board game nights, we like, we'll do one board game and then a cube sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes we just do board games, but you know, cubes get worked into my daily routine of like at least once a week. Sure. Um, so like cubes are so much fun. There's so much synergy. There's so much strategy, obviously better cube players, better drafters. Um, we'll do better, but one thing that is different from doing a cube as opposed to doing a normal set draft is the the floor is a little bit higher. Like, the mm-hmm. worst card you can pick in a cube is still probably going to be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The worst deck that I've seen somebody make from, like, a Crystal Cup draft is actually pretty terrible. Like, it, mm-hmm. the, the worst deck is is, like, a deck that ends up with, like, 15 monsters and, like, six summons and, like, eight forwards and it just looks a complete mess and they they probably are never going to win a single game but like in a cube you're you're almost impossible to do that uh, Mm -hmm. just because like the base power of all the cards is going to be a lot higher but that being said like the ceiling's also like really really high too because you know somebody's going to draft like sephiroth legend every single time and you know just a lot lot of those cards so it, it can be a little bit more swingy i think but it definitely will be exciting. I like the fact that it is consistent. Um, not 100% sure what we're doing when it comes to, like, are we going to get to keep the cards from mm-hmm. the cube? Or are they we... No, they said we don't get to keep the cards. Oh, we're, we're checking them and then, like, returning them? Yeah. Like a yeah, library I, book. Yeah, so so we're definitely losing a little bit of EV there. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously before we were getting to keep the cards and keep the packs. Um, and that's great. But... Uh, I mean, it, it's still very exciting. I'm definitely, um, you know, I was a little hesitant with draft format for last year, and it ended up being really, really good. So I'm excited to see what Squeenix can, uh, or Hobby Japan can pull out for this. Excellent, excellent. So now do you think, uh, before I get to Brian, do you think this is something that, where a, a format that's um, that's kind of, I guess what am I trying to say? Or, you know, when you when you have a fresh set with that's made with draft in mind, usually there's a lot that can go right. When you have a cube that's made to a very set 
set of, um, I guess, specifications, right? Because it, it's all singleton, correct? Like this cube is all singleton. Am, am yeah, I, yeah, right? it's it's a hundred percent singleton. Normal. Yep. So now, do you think having something like that? And from what I understand, it's all is it, it's all random. There's not like they're not like set up with proper packs. You can yeah, easily yeah. get a open bomb the pack, pack with like three legends. legends. You could open twelve. Yeah. Like you can literally just open a pack of exclusive legends, um, and trust me, I, I put together the cube. There's definitely a good number of legends in it. You're, you're looking at mm -hmm. about one per set per element, so you're looking at something about ten per element, so yeah. about sixty legends uh, so, or more in the cube. So, with that being said, how how do you think that's going to impact? The way, like, you know, how how that plays out. Are we still, and also too the the unknown here. Are we still staring at, you know, if you're in top 32, if you get to it, like if you're that 32nd seed and you lose one game, your chance of making top eight is just already gone immediately. Do you, do you think, do you think uh, just a, a cube like this versus just normal constructed or like a normal draft is going to have an impact on how that plays out? Do you think it could be, it could potentially stop somebody from who has had like a monster weekend from placing where they rightfully should I'm, I'm i'm probably asking that question very weird but i think you know what, what i'm getting at like the variance yeah. is that yeah it, it definitely does affect variance and that's that's kind of what i was getting at with the you know reduced floor because mm -hmm. like even potentially one of the worst drafters in the room is still going to come out with a pretty reasonable deck sure and uh potentially though like your 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 difference of your picks i feel is a lot more narrow because you know if you're looking at a, a opening a pack of you know wool legend or sephiroth legend and you're just sitting there and you're like i don't know which one to pick it's like i mean in a normal draft you might be like well one's clearly very much a better pick but mm -hmm. like even your very worst pick here is like still very very good sure okay now brian what do you think um, I think that um, All Star Draft is a is a move in the right direction. Uh, originally, I was not a super big fan of um, competitive draft, and I, mm -hmm. I still am not actually. Even though Opus Eight and Opus Nine turned out really really well, um, the, my problem with uh, draft is that um, it's really really hard to balance on the designer side of things, and we kind of saw that in Opus Ten, mm -hmm. um, where you just open Fel Thanos and you win the game essentially. <laughs> um, so um, I really liked how they like when, when they announced all-star draft i was like finally something that you know hobby japan and square enix have done like really really well so i'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, all-star draft in general um i do have some slight concerns regarding the pack sizes i think that um uh maybe adjusting the pack sizes so that um you could have you know anywhere from 15 to 18 cards per pack mm -hmm. might be a, a good change because um that way you can read signals and you can actually see where you're at in the draft um mm -hmm. and um with 12 cards it's a little bit hard it's actually one of my main issues with um draft in general um is that pack sizes are too small to um to have the right number of cards in each color um be like equally represented as they would be in say like magic or any other card game um so that would be one of the things i'd change but the problem is like you'd also have to expand the size of the cube if you want to do that as well because currently it's a what um five packs of 12 uh times eight so that's 480 out of I think 500 cards in the cube or something mm -hmm. around the, along, along the lines of that. And um, if you wanted to do like uh, four packs of 18 or, um, uh, or even like five packs of 15, 
um, then you'd have to adjust it accordingly as well. Um, just like, also just like the ratio of like draft um, cards that go into your deck versus cards that are left behind is a little bit off for me. So I would like to see that adjusted as well. All solid, solid answers. Um, now, are do you are you you kind of? I guess you kind of mentioned it at the beginning here. Do you do you like having something that's sometimes more considered like a casual format? determining you know your placing in day two or do you think it's it's good now but it's it, it's okay now and it's going to get better kind of thing or i think that just having something that you can consistently control so like mm -hmm. you can quality control uh the cube really really well but you can't mm -hmm. quality control like a draft set really really sure. well so i think that having something consistent and something that they can constantly tune or fix um is something that um uh I like because you have a little bit more consistency that way. And I actually don't think that um, it's not just something for casual. It's also something that I think works in a very good, in a competitive environment as well, because you can actually practice and test for it in a way that isn't super burdensome for the players. That's true. That is very, very true. All excellent points. John, talk to me, Goose. What do you think? Yeah, so Brian just said uh, my favorite thing about it, actually, which is that we're getting to test those skills that they say they want to test for draft, right? That you're a well-rounded mm -hmm. player. And there are so many layers to being good at draft. Um, mm -hmm. But it's the card pool itself that is debatable, right? Because you see the number one argument people have with draft is the random argument, right? Or like, the mm -hmm. oh, oh, somebody's just going to open something better than me and uh, it's completely out of my control that I lose. And whether or not, you know, how true that is, right? But um, it, it's just cool that they control and curate this, like, that Hobby Japan is actually putting together this list. And that, like you guys said, it's something that we uh, not only can assemble, but that all of our communities, all four of us here just said that our communities, if not ourselves, already have people that have, like, assembled cubes, right? So it is difficult for some communities, I understand that. It, you know, it's a lot, it's a big ask to assemble a cube. But it is practicable, it is a consistent thing, so I think it is a good competitive format to showcase and see who has those draft skills. So I'm excited for it. Uh, it was a lot of fun when we did it down in Reunion last year, which is the only Final Fantasy cube I've ever drafted, uh, which was very different than your standard cube of course <laughs> those had all kinds of wild and crazy things in it but in general um it did feel like just really good like everybody puts together a consistent and like a there's a cohesive deck where there aren't any cards that are just completely lacking synergies and strategies like there are in a lot of these draft formats like everything's there for a reason and has a place and it's a uh, it's a lot more fun i think because you just have a lot more uptime like you feel like you just have a lot less like dead hands and you have a lot more control so mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it a lot more than regular draft, and I enjoy regular draft too. So I think this will be a good thing. Yeah, no, uh, overall I agree. Um, I do think it's going to be something that's probably going to take some getting used to. Like, you know, we're, everybody's going to be apprehensive to change initially. Um, and then we just, like you said, we're all building it, we're all trying it, and we all want to win, so we need to learn it. That's just really at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We're going to have to learn how to do this anyway. And I think in, in the course of that, I think we will find out how enjoyable that it is. Yeah. So. And you're drafting from this massive card pool. It's so cool. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you, know, you get to go back and use all these, um, you know, these different cards from the different sets. And that when Opus 11 comes out, like Brian said, I agree with some of his points about like expanding um, pack mm -hmm. size and the cube size. Uh, thankfully, you know, Opus 11, we don't have to really rotate out any of these parts of the cube. We kind of get a free <laughs> expansion here right away. 
So hopefully yeah, they see how true. things go in the Opus 10 events and then consider some of these changes going forward. Yeah. Now here's the real question. This is for all of you to chime in. This thing better be all foil, am I right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, max rarity, of course. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. It's been done before, I mean, so I want it in front of me. Max uh, rarity. Especially if, if I'm not keeping the cards, then mm-hmm. then it's super duper. If, if I was keeping the cards, if it was all non-foil, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. I want but this thing it, signed. I want, like, a mono altars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing needs to shine, glisten, gleam, all the above. Yeah, I mean, wh- one thing that's definitely very interesting about this the cube, though, is, like, it, it is taking, like, a lot of cards from, you know, our current constructed and our standard p- playable cards. Like, things mm-hmm. that we see pretty often. So it does give a nice, in my opinion, a nicer showcase for newer players mm-hmm. of, like, this is pretty representative of, like, a lot of that. Like, you see a lot of these cards in people's decks all mm-hmm. the time. So that's, you know, like, Sephiroth and... Vein and cloud of darkness those things are in people's decks and they're in the cube so it, it kind of gives them something easier to latch on to than a brand new set of all these cards i love that perspective of it that's awesome they right. truly get to see the all-star cards from each element <laughs> exactly exactly which which also kind of leads into the next thing that you're talking about because when i took apart my older cube uh it was actually a two-up cube because uh, I, I just wanted it to make more consistent, and mm-hmm. there weren't as many cards back in Opus Five. Um, man, did I lose a lot of cards because new cards are very powerful. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. So and yeah, and like out. with yeah, just just the power creep in the the past few sets. I don't know if you would want to say three sets have have been uh, pretty pretty significant. Yes, I will definitely agree with that. Yeah. Now. The cube isn't the only um, only change we're seeing to competitive play this season. Um, more recently, another format was announced. Um, it's called L3. We, we now have our first uh, rotating format. Um, this could, you know, tinfoil hats on, could this be the dry run, the trial for what could ultimately end up being what standard's going to become um, a rotating format. Now, this one's very different because it's just the three most current sets. So right now we're looking at Opus 8, 9, and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And the reason this is important is this is the format for... Did they say all of the Opens are going to have this format? Yes, sir. So this is... uh, I know this has... Boy, howdy. The lines have been drawn in the sand on this one. Um... I'll start on this one because um, I like the idea of a rotating format. I'll, I'll lead with that. Um, I think for, at least in my opinion, <clears throat> I think for the health of the game, for the longevity of the game, I think some sort of rotation is going to be necessary in the future. In the future. Um, and I think this is a neat idea. My problem with it is I think it's just a tad too restrictive. You open that up to about four or five sets, we might have something different. Um, so I'm I'm honestly not sure. I don't think it's great currently, but maybe they're they're just looking for data. But you know, and we're we're gonna go the opposite way this time, John, because I know you you know you and I were pr- kind of on the opposite sides of the uh, of the shoot match here when we were in our group chats. Um, 
but I, I think we've kind of found a common ground on this. But go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell me what you think of this uh, L three format. Um, so I don't have a problem with rotation. I mean, I come from trading card games, mm-hmm. and that rotate. You know, that was like all I knew. I didn't even oh, know yeah. about games where there was no rotation. I Same. thought the Yu-Gi-Oh people were nuts, and I couldn't believe they had to print <laughs> out like a five-page ban list and see what the hell was going on. And in I'm that game, they've got cards that, that you can only play like certain numbers of, and it, oh my goodness, it's a, what a mess. So it's <laughs> like, okay, well, in Pokemon, things are pretty easy, you know? Uh, cards would come out, and if they were strong competitive staples, you would purchase them. They would be legal for three years of competitive play. The end. Right, mm-hmm. that was it. This is all there ever was. Uh, then they, a couple years back, they created expanded, which was mm-hmm. when they were like, "Well, now some sets are legal for like, like ever. a decade." Yeah, and uh, and then there's you know the regular standard. And um, at first, people were like, "This is kind of fun," and I was like, "I don't really know how much I like this. These things feel like they're not meant to work together, right? Like, because because some blocks, the whole game was based on rotating these blocks." Like, mm-hmm. they're just not meant to interact. So, you know, of course, like, some of the immediate decks are, like, the most degenerate things, you know, so people oh, know too, right, right? And then uh, over time, it just gets this thing where it's, like, uh, people just really do not, like, <laughs> expanded in Pokemon. It's, it's, it's really bad these days. In my opinion, and largely in a lot of people's opinion, like, attendance to expanded events is a quarter of what it is for standard events. Mm-hmm. And, like, people who are vying for regionals don't know what they're getting ahead of time. And so, you know, like, TOs and stuff, they don't want to get the expanded events because they want to have the big events <laughs> that people want to go to. Um, so with this, for me, it's just, like, uh, I don't have a problem with the rotation. I don't know why we chose to be consistently rotating so that there's only ever three sets. It feels severely limiting in a game where 99% of the reason that deck construction is fluid and works the way it does is because these cards interact with cards that are the same titles or the same character names from, you know, this really large library of sets. I mean, like, let's look at WAF, right? Half of that deck is from Opus 2. How cool is it that all these Opus 2 cards just became valuable and all of a sudden they're seeing a ton of not just play, but, like, they're, like, Tier 1. And it's, like, that's really neat. And so, like, yeah, that stuff to me is because of the way they designed the game, right? Like... Like, Waff would be a totally different beast if you could only play the cards that came out in this opus. It's true. It, it would not even be Tier 1, probably. And so it's like, yeah. uh, then people argue, well, in the future, they'll design around it. And it's like, okay, so then we're, we're like, acknowledging we haven't designed around it now, but we're launching it at the opens. And that, mm-hmm. I, the, my problem here is that I feel like we have the same identity crisis we had at the Petit Cups last year, except the problem is... Uh, these are during the competitive season, right? So these weren't the Petite Cup equivalents. Those are the Summoner's Cups. This mm-hmm. was like the... Uh, basically, we couldn't give you a Crystal Cup because those have Worlds Invites, so we gave your area an open, was my interpretation of these events, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, hey, there aren't enough constructed events a year. So here, there's more constructed events. There's more big competitive <laughs> events. Like, oh, thank God, finally, what I asked for. <laughs> but and they're like, hold on, I'm not finished. <laughs> Backhanded. Well, pump, pump the brakes there, yeah. Sparky. Like, hold on. Oh, hold up. Actually, uh, now all of these things are this new format that's three sets only, and will literally be the only event where I play where this format is legal before it changes. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to Fanfare and play in a different version of this format than I'm going to play in a month later at, at the Open. And it's, like, so wild. And it's going to be a single tournament with worth of practice of trying to, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's just so... It feels like it's a cool idea, and I don't understand why we're implementing it as, like, just the competitive season. Here you go. Like... It's very much a competitive season. Here you go. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. Like, can we just have, like, ten constructed events in a year first and then start playing with it? And start like, getting goofy? Can we get to, like, having large events in all the major metropolitan areas first? Second, <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's just, like, I don't... I didn't know that we needed two new formats simultaneously to shake up competitive this year when I think we were doing good. We just needed more... Of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I disagree with a lot of the things that people say about it, it, like fixing problems with the stale meta and encouraging deck construction and creativity. Because I think mm-hmm. your deck construction will be linear, your creativity will be severely limited. And I don't agree that there are problems with the current meta. So but that's, sure. that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Now, Brian, what do you think of this? What do you think of this uh, this new format? Okay, so I'm going to, you know, parrot Chris and uh, John a little bit and say that, mm-hmm. like, I am very pro-rotation. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the – I'm going to agree that um, the implementation is of, of this is actually pretty awful because it doesn't actually solve the things that um, people think that it's going to solve. You're going to have an incredibly stale meta, meta. I'm just, like, taking a look at, like, 8, 9, 10, L3, and uh, I can already tell, like, what the best deck is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um just, just, just by looking at it, um, with with, with a soft pass, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, also you will have the problems that um, that your uh, your set sizes are actually not that big. Um, the more apt comparison for Magic would be uh, for for L three is actually block constructed, uh, not standard. So it's going to feel a lot more like block constructed because of the the limited card pool. Um, so. And we, we can sort of see like what the success of block constructed has been like in Magic, which is like they it's no longer a format anymore because it's 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 kind of off of the play. Um, so I, I agree with like we should be expanding um, the number of sets that we have access to and lengthening the amount of rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't think I have anything else to say that hasn't already been said. It's weird because I have like full confidence that we will do something right later with rotation because they listen to feedback and act on it. It's just weird how they like acted on this with like by injecting it straight into the heart of the competitive season. Right. So, I mean, this is very classic, like Square Enix, Hobby Japan, like good intentions, but really terrible implementation. Um, and you can sort of see what sort of constraints that they're working with. Um, they're typically working with um, like budgetary constraints. Um, and so this is their way of trying to adjust things without addressing the root of their problem, which is um, their budgetary constraints. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, you guys have hit this right on the head. Sam, are, do you have a... What are your thoughts on this format? Because it sounds like a, you know a good thing having you guys on. You both are solid, consistent players. And if Brian can just take a quick pass and be like, oh, that's going to be the deck you're going to play pretty much every round at every event that this is. Sam, what are your thoughts? Are you are you coming to the same conclusions? Um, yes, but uh, so def- definitely kind of leaning back to, to what you guys were saying. I, I love 
everything that everybody said so far because I, I completely agree with it. But I do have one small little takeaway that hopefully maybe at least puts people in more of a positive. I, I don't know. This is my at least hopeful positive spin is that just like how John was saying where it's you know too restrictive and how Brian was saying that as well and that the rotation is needing to happen. And obviously this isn't rotation, right? And this isn't the main format yet. But I, I really think this is kind of meant to roll out and shock us and then kind of th that way we kind of will end up in a middle ground between what our current constructed is and what this L3 format is. And I, I really hope, just like you were saying, where, you know, Hobby Japan listens to the feedback and kind of finds more of a middle ground, more like Magic's actual standard um, or something like that, where it's not too restrictive. Cards stick around for a little bit longer than just, you know, three sets. And, you know, we have a little bit more to play with. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely with just the, the three sets that are out, I mean... I definitely think uh, people can kind of just look and go, oh, well, these cards are currently getting played out of 10 opuses, and they're in these three opuses. Um, they're probably going to be good when there are even less cards available. So, mm -hmm, yeah. And I think it's like a little, just, just one other thing. People a lot are saying, like, this is so, so good for new players. This is so, so good for getting players into the game. I'm like, I don't know, man. I If I'm getting into the game and I hear that this format literally in three months... <laughs> my deck won't be legal anymore so i'll have to buy new cards and build a new deck like or i could invest into like a standard deck that's not necessarily wind water or full of three sephiroths right but like the buy-in for for things like waff is not that bad yeah and absolutely and it's like i think that those people are actually if they're interested in the game more inclined to look at something where their investment lasts longer not yeah, we like, actually lost a player due to to the fact that the power creep that I was mentioning before of you know like he he kind of took a few months off because he had life going on and he kind of came back into it and then he ran into another thing and then before he knew it two sets had come out and he looked and he was like what's in the meta oh none of the cards I was playing before yeah <laughs> and it's like I get it I get it they're even like posting things on Facebook where they're like. Look, guys, this isn't, you know, we're not changing the main game. This is just a new way to play, a new fun way to play. And it's like, yeah, but title pauper are new fun ways to play that don't have nationals invites attached to our major events. Well, they did for Australia. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, I don't think Australia agrees that that was right either. Okay? Oh, they, they were not happy about right. that. I and, heard and choice wins that event. from uh, Wait, let's look Rob at that and Matisky about it. And, and what did they say? How what percentage of the field was F or uh, type zero? Type zero, like ninety nine. I was going to say I've only heard eighty percent plus estimates. So yeah, what does it, that it say disgusting. about the health of these formats when you put something like really, really big on the line competitively? Like all of a sudden, when when there isn't like a reason for me to you know stand on my moral high ground by being all creative and building other decks, and I just have to look you know <laughs> just look this thing dead in the eye and play what the best deck is. It's oh, yeah. pretty linear, you know, and uh, and you end up with these 80% of the field thing. So, like, guys, this is fine to have this. It's, it's cool to announce, here's a new way you guys can have tournaments, and you know what? It'll be a side events, and it being an event at FanFest is fine. That's a great place to have things like Boss Battle and these other events. And, like, the, but the Opens that are supposed to be these, like, mostly Crystal Cups, right? Like, yeah, I, I that's definitely not the impression they that they just... were supposed to be... I don't know why they have four Nats invites. 
Yeah, they, they should have just mirrored crystal cups, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm trying to convince confused. people to travel out to Gamers Heaven, you know, because what a great store. In our area, we could really host a big, big event at their store in Pennsylvania. We don't really get a lot of events in the area around here. So it's like, man, I'm trying to convince people to travel out, and everybody's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I wouldn't travel for, like, a title or a pauper event, you know, mm-hmm. and... um. I don't know. It's like, yes, it's a good thing. No, it doesn't hurt, you know, most people's enjoyment of the game. But, like, it kind of hurts my enjoyment of this event coming up. <laughs> oh, definitely. Really looking forward to. And I, I don't think that, like, the people who are not super happy with it, hopefully, like, here we were able to articulate what we're thinking well enough because, like, I have people getting really mad at me and saying that like I'm being negative and things like that when yeah, really like, huh? like like trust me I I totally agree with a lot of the things you guys are saying. I understand what a rotation is. You know, yeah. I understand how how card games work. Um I just I'm just confused. This isn't it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely right. I, I think we it. all hit, hit agree on that. This is just uh, not quite what we'd want. Yeah, people are like, yeah. rotation's good. I'm like, yeah, this isn't a rotation. Yeah, this is yeah. just a bullshit is what this is. And so <laughs> then they go, well, yeah, exactly. It's not a rotation. It's a new format. And they go, okay, yeah, exactly. So why is it at a competitive event? <laughs> right. <laughs> then we just circle jerk ourselves right back to the beginning. It's like, you know, it becomes like a who's on first type scenario. It's like, yeah, fuck <laughs> this. Yeah, so... Part uh, of me... So, so part of me wonders why they like uh like square enix and and hobby japan just doesn't like grab a cross-section of the player base focus group and go hey does this idea does it does it even sound good right um because like if if you know if hobby japan or square enix came up to us and said hey we're doing this um what do you think of this sort of idea we could just clearly tell them like hey like we really don't think this something like this could work Mm -hmm. um and we can tell you exactly why these reasons are um I don't think they, they, they have even done that step, so, though. So like, I have it on good authority that they do have they do have a group of people that they do talk about well, things. Is it, who, who are they asking? Because they're clearly not asking the people that travel to these events. They're clearly asking the wrong people. I, uh, basically, I just know that they there are people who get asked, and those people aren't allowed to talk about it. But like, oh, but, <laughs> they're not. God. They're sure not us. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, you know what? Uh, if there are those people and everybody unanimously agree to this, uh, first of all, I would just kind of be curious what their trading card game resume is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'd love to see it mm-hmm. or lack just, thereof. Because I think I think uh, everybody on the cast here right now actually could submit an interesting resume. Uh, so, so it's like you know, come on. Too much time devoted to card games. <laughs> yeah, much. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been around the block. You know, uh, this isn't my first rodeo. I, I think I literally said that in a comment somewhere to somebody. I was like, this is not my first, second, or third rotation rodeo. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been. It, it's like yeah, uh, you know, Hearthstone does it, Pokemon does it. They, they all do it. It's uh, uh I, I remember when Naruto first uh, announced it and. Oh man, if people think that the uh, Final Fantasy crew is uh, upset about rotation, the Naruto crew was uh, way worse. Well, that's oh my the other thing too is people are like, "Oh, how come every time something's announced, it's the sky is falling?" It's like, no, people are passionate because you know the game is is very much the same group of people, right? This small community. So we're very passionate about our thing, and we want it to get bigger and grow. And so when we see things that 
you know, we don't think are good for it, we get passionate about it. It's not just because mm-hmm. of what I want for me. It, it's like it's bigger than that. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a uh, man. This this is what you know. Normally, I'm all about saying like, oh, you know, let's wait and see. This like, I, I think we all know it's going to be a disaster. It's a disaster. Oh, my favorite clip. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think we all know that this is not going to bode well. I, I think we all have an idea of easily what could have made it better. But you know, we're, we're going. It, it, it's it's. Part of it's part of the season now, so now we all have to suck it up and we have to play, or we could just you know because what sucks is here's okay, uh, this is the last this is the last swing I'm going <laughs> to take on this dead horse. Uh, know, we're going to move know. on. I like I feel so bad, right? But like, come on, I shouldn't even feel bad. Like right, because what sucks is like <laughs> we're 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 a niche game, like we're small, and you feel bad when like you want to speak with your wallet and not go to these events because then you're just like. Fuck, I feel like I'm letting everybody down by not going. Also, it's, it's like, like the, but, the but only it's like, event in a two-month radius. Right, but it's like, it's like but I don't want to play this shit. Yeah, it's like, like... Thank God, like because I want to go to the Open Out in Omaha, and I still plan on going. I plan on just playing UFS the whole time, the whole weekend that I'm there. Right, dude, but you know what? You even said to me, you're not 100% sure if you're going to come to Pennsylvania. Right. And, and I was like, dude, you know what? Uh, I was going to Pennsylvania because it's the closest competitive event I'm going to get all year, but like... Uh, I don't want to play this shit. Well, I mean, besides LQs, right? I don't really, I don't want to play this shit either. I'm gonna go. What? I guess, uh, I guess I'll play and hang out. Like at Fanfare, they're gonna have a single elimination tournament. I'm like, oh, single elimination tournament, great. Those are the worst. I'm gonna play everything else they have available while other people <laughs> get knocked out after five rounds and get, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> spend three hours <laughs> in a single. Man, I've played single elimination tournaments at day two of many events, and that does not. All your friends who did anything else are, are like, yeah, man, we went and we got lunch wherever we wanted. Are you still in yeah, that? Yeah, my day was great. Yeah, you, still was like, you still in that I, tournament? You still in that tournament? All right, man, hope you win. <laughs> Two <laughs> rounds from the end, you're like, I didn't win anything, guys. You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you wasted your day, though. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, so, hey, you know, people will enjoy it. They'll play it. That's fine. I, I'm interested to see how that tournament goes. I probably won't be playing in it. But like you said, Chris, you know, uh, I wanted to go out to Omaha to see those guys and see their store and talk, you know, because you and I are collaborating with them on the UFS mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, oh, man, shit, now I'm basically just flying out for a UFS trip because I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't, no, I, don't, I don't want to play this three, three set. And now, unless they come back next week and be like, "All right, we realize it's a little too limiting. We'll up it to five sets." This becomes all, or four, even four sets. I think even four sets makes it a very different conversation. I think five sets makes it a whole new world. Five is probably what it needs to be. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's probably right now- like, there was like one time ever that I've ever seen SE come out and be like, "Yeah, we actually fucked that up." And we're gonna fix it. And it was Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> and they like did it. And they fixed it. They fixed the hell well, out of it. It was Well, I hope we get L three a realm we reborn. I hope we fucking get that. L five, a realm reborn. <laughs> An L reborn. Oh, oh that, that go ahead that's, that's the name of the uh episode. So go ahead and mark that down, sir. An L oh. reborn. We did it. But now that, that horse is Good and dead. It is dead. It is. There's flies buzzing around it. That's we've said our piece. Well, you know, John, there's an event coming up here next week 
that's not going to be a bullshit format. It's going to be good old-fashioned, meat and potatoes, son of a bitchin', standard constructed. And I'm talking about uh, it's the second Summoner's Cup, because um, I know the, the store in Texas, the, um, the store in Texas, uh, I, I can't remember the name. It's just, it's just called an LGS, right? Like, it's literally called I'll, local game store. Okay, cool. Because I know they had their. I don't remember its name. They, well, there you go. Well, it also <laughs> took place the same week as Reunion. Um, they already had theirs, and we're doing ours, which obviously we were the December winners, or we, no, we were the November winners. It's been so long. Um, and we're doing ours next week. We're going to have it at Jersey's. It's going to be two tournaments. Uh, if you get there early, we're actually doing a title tournament to kind of kick things off. Um, we've got tons of prizing to give out, obviously, from the uh, from the kit that we won. Um, we're going to add some extra to the prizing, and then we're having a standard constructed tournament. Um, I'm not sure if I'm playing or doing commentary with Adam Duncan. They've uh, they've cut out, from what he's saying, they've got a little nook in the store for us, which I don't know Ooh. how they managed it yeah, no for idea. commentary, which I mean, I'm pretty sure people would love to see a stream. And if I can do that for, because I mean, I've got no, I've got no stake in this. Like I've, mm. you know, there's, there's, I mean, other than bragging rights, there's, there's nothing here that makes me say I have to play this event. But you know me, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to stay on the play wagon this year. But yeah, I'll do, I'll be whatever is needed. Um, but it's going to be a good time. And John, you said you and at least Alex are going to be coming down. Maybe Dan, if we're lucky. Chris, I can promise myself. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if we're lucky, if his bathroom's remodeled, maybe we'll get to see some Sam Tool. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Oh boy, this is a. He said he'll be there. He said he'll be there. All right, uh, dude. Hunter said he might go. Up. It was on his. Uh, oh, he didn't say it. It was on his like event list that he posted. If I can get some uh, North Carolina people to to shuttle me from. The, the closer location to me, I, I very much may consider it. There you go. Excellent. There you go. There you go. That's all, that's all we ask. Send and, you up know, the bat it, signal. You'll get to play 10 sets instead of three at this tournament, so that's always a plus. We're playing L5 side event. <laughs> Are we on? <laughs> that's right. We just, we just need to just make it a grassroots thing and just take it over. <laughs> just so. start firing Octagon, like, L5 events. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Do you mean L3? No. No, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. But no, it's going to be good. Um, so you know, I'm excited to see you know how it goes and how everybody else who's won. Because I think we've had a couple more winners. I don't know if they've had the January winners yet. Because that's probably going to be later in the month. Because we've had November and December, correct? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, we'll see how those go. You know, I'm excited about that this weekend. Excited to see the boys. Um, what, you know. What's uh, pricing for for that summoner's cup? Uh, well, we've got we've got all the stuff promos. that. Yep, cactuar promos. We've got the uh, whatever the. Um, I can't remember what play arts we got. Uh, Ooh, I want to say it was play arts. play arts, right? Hold on. I'll mm -hmm. look at the picture, Chris. Uh, let me pull it. I'm on the case. I'm on the case. <laughs> on the case. Dude, there's mm -hmm. at least one mystery to solve every episode. Mm -hmm. I'm on the case. Uh, that's how we do it. You know, we, we, like, we like to have live mysteries. You know, we're, uh, Episode 100, we're going to have a live mystery that's going to be interactive. Uh, oh, on, your, on your touchstone telephone, <laughs> press 3 if you think the answer is this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it looks like Square Enix sent us a Noctis Play Arts Kai, um, two of the fancy magnetic deck boxes, two of the basic Ooh. deck boxes, two Titus Uniplay mats, eight mm -hmm. assorted sleeves, 16 mm -hmm. full art Cactuar promos, mm -hmm. one for each of the top 16, and then four uh, K-Tuna promo packs, so... 
four foils yeah. and a bunch of yeah. non-foils for everybody. So yeah, um, it's in a bunch of stuff. I know that we've got some Ultimate Guard stuff to give away. Yep. Uh, I'm bringing some Shout stuff. out to those guys for that amazing sponsorship. Thanks, Ultimate Guard. Yeah, we're going to yep. be uh, <laughs> doing all kinds of stuff. It'll be a good time. Yep, we're gonna have some additional prizes. Um, I'm not sure what I. We'll probably have some sort of store credit payout because, really, this tournament cost is costing us nothing to put on. Yeah, and they got uh, they do great raffles and stuff there all the time too. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's always a nice so, event there, at Jersey's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I and, and to kind of you know this will how how we'll segue into reunion. Um, I won a couple raffles at reunion, and I'll just, I'm just gonna throw all that stuff in the prize pool. Um, some Sephiroth sleeves, some wind water dice. I'll just throw all that in the pool. Not win. only did I not know that there were raffles even happening at Reunion, mm-hmm. but apparently uh, they gave out the foil K-Tuna promo while I was in the bathroom. Oh, so, really? So I, I already had one from like local. So I was like super worried about it. I know a lot of people hadn't seen them yet, um, mm-hmm. but I assumed it was in that, that bag. Uh-huh. So oh. I just like as soon as I got the bag, I was like, "Oh, sweet!" So the bathroom line is gone. So I went to the bathroom, and then uh, <laughs> I came out and I was like, just walking around and talking to people. You know, I wasn't like in my seat anymore. I like went up to the front. I was doing whatever. I was stretching mm-hmm. my sea legs, and then uh, I got home and I I like didn't even open my packs. Everybody else was like cracking all their packs and stuff. I'm like, nah, I'll just do this later, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got home and I opened all that stuff and I'm like, where's my foil thing? And I messaged the guys. I'm like, oh, it wasn't in my bag. And they're like, no, they they gave them out. They handed them to people. Like, oh yeah, nope. <laughs> didn't get, didn't get one of those. That's all right. I, I went home with the exact opposite of what I went home with from last year, man. Jeez. Yikes. But that was the all-star draft. That was a whole different story. Well, of course. And of course, that you know, we're talking about reunion, which is what we're going to kind of spend the rest of the, the podcast talking about. Because it was, overall, it was a great event. Um, you know, we've time. got... Uh, yeah, it was a. I had an awesome time. Um, there were so there were some things that weren't as smooth as last year, um, but I think overall the event was solid. And of course, you know that's part of the reason why we have Sam and Brian on this week. Of course, um, both top eight competitors at the event. Sam, I guess officially officially the being declared is. the victor, being declared <laughs> the victor because I mean you were top dog in Swiss, and you know no one wants to fucking play out a top four cut at one a.m. They um, did not. Yeah. <laughs> the store did so, not want you to play out a tough game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall, we'll go around. We'll just kind of talk about the events. We were all in attendance. Um, I uh, I had to uh, Iron Man that thing because I, I drove. I, I made the drive. You I sure uh, did. <laughs> boy, howdy. And it, it was worth it. It was worth it. You know, I um ended up finishing sixth overall. Um, sixth. Finished six in Swiss and finished six overall in the event, which was kind of nice. It was a, a a very good weekend of cards for your boy and a much needed uh, beginning of my comeback tour, as it were. Mm-hmm. But you know, overall the event was great. It's always great seeing everybody, first of all. So that's that's where I'm going to start. Um, fantastic event. You know, I know um, Colin and Ron um, flew down. I think we, we were the only guys from Richmond that came, and they flew. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, they got an Airbnb, really really solid Airbnb. Um, had my own bed. It was nice. Had my own toilet. Uh, my shower was definitely made for someone who was three foot eleven. Well, you had your own bed the one night. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. But no. So, but let me before we start talking about the actual thing, let me kind of break down the shower in the room I was in. Oh please. So I finally get there after driving because I left my house Friday morning at like five a.m. Um, I was like, I want to beat the local traffic. I want to beat all the rush hour traffic, and 
I got there at a really good time. It, it's, it was a 10 and a half hour drive, but I got, it took me about 12 because I stopped a few times, you know, eight stuff like that. I was in no hurry. So I get there and first thing I want to do, I want to take a shower. Of course I do because I, 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 I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I've been driving all day. I get in the shower and I cut the water on you. Know, I'm not paying attention to where the nozzle is and I'm, you know, I'm getting everything situated. I get in the shower and I look up and there's no nozzle. I look straight ahead and like, Maybe maybe four inches above my belly button, I see this shower nozzle just spraying me in the front. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I have to like t- Tim Tebow myself in the shower to like wash my hair and everything. This was definitely a child's bathroom or Gimli. It was one or the other. Oh my, okay. But... You know, overall, it was fine. I, I cleaned myself up. We went and had Korean barbecue that first night. It was delicious. We obliterated. They had to damn near kick us out because we ate we ate more than our share. <laughs> um, but you know, Saturday was the main event. And guys, you know, we're, we're just gonna kind of go around the room. You know, I'll, I'll I'll go last. I feel like I've gone first on all these. Sam, you had a fantastic event. Let's talk about. You know, we're going to kind of talk about everything, talk about, you know, the things that were good because the things that were good about the event, um, things that were bad. And I think everybody has the same complaints. It was ball sack hot in this place. I would Um, sooner have taken the 19 degrees that it normally was at home. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then just kind of talk about, you know, what you played, your matchups, just kind of go through just the event overall Um, because you were you were the winner. You were declared the winner. Um, and then I have a, a very important question to ask you once you're done talking about the event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first thing I would 110% like to say about the event is uh, before the event, I sat up in an Airbnb. I was mm-hmm. super excited. Uh, had the Georgia crew all mm-hmm. in one big Airbnb. And then nice. also uh, we were joined by Zayim as well as the Kansas City crew. Oh, nice. Um, so oh, yeah. we, we are on our way down to uh, Florida a Friday at like 2 p.m. And I just get a message in the chat saying our flight is canceled. Yep. Like, OK, well, that sucks. Um, keep us updated, guys, and let us know when you can when you're going to be here. And they go, no, 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 we're not going to make it. And I go, what? <laughs> you get on a reschedule or something? They're like, nope, they grounded everything and everything. Canceled, I was just, canceled. <laughs> my my heart dropped so bad. So I, I definitely just gotta give a shout out to those guys. I I feel so much for them. I, I was oh, dude, I was sorry. so excited. Kyle Peters, Chris Lopez, and Watson, yeah. all in one room. It was gonna be a blast. But mm. um, so yeah, definitely big big F for them. But uh, that's a hard we'll F. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll catch up with them at the next event. But mm. yeah. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, at, up to the event, I, I had kind of looked at a few different decks, but I hadn't really played anything since Worlds. Um, and uh, I wanted to play an Une deck because I felt like I had a little bit more time to actually like look at it. And so the mm-hmm. Monday before we played at like a little local kind of just casual play, I played uh with some of my friends and we played some games, and I lost like every game due to like color fixing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Uno right. deck like three to four colors, and it was it was a disaster. So I really liked that deck. 
yeah, it was a disaster. But um, we we decided to opt out on that, and uh, I, I just went back to my world stack, made like mm-hmm. two changes. I really love that world stack. Um, I I did go undefeated with that deck. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember losing with it. Uh, mm-hmm. but my other deck at Worlds obviously did not carry me where I wanted to be. So like, I really really liked my ran pure list. Um, I didn't have two of the monsters in there. Uh, at Worlds, I was just playing the Pumas. The Scale Toad and the, the Kanakamui was a great addition by um, mm-hmm. uh, Oki. And he told me about it before for Worlds. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Um, but uh, so that, that was my deck choice. And I, I was very happy with it. It's it's just a fun deck to play. It fits my playstyle a lot. Um, it's mm-hmm. very value-centric, uh, combo-centric. Uh, one thing I definitely see a lot of people doing when they do play the Rampair decks is they're a little too passive. Like, mm-hmm. they, they don't kind of, like, just start getting in there. Um, and uh, it, it definitely helps to just kind of go in. But uh, for good for the tournament, I, I would say almost almost everything was good. Like, the people were good. The area was fine. Um, our Airbnb was good. Sans the people that were missing. Yeah, um, if not empty. Yeah, um, and then just like I, I don't know, everybody had had a pretty good you know atmosphere. Like everything was was going pretty well. Uh, my my biggest bad for the tournament. I know you y'all talked about the heat, but the the rounds took a minute. Um, and this, this actually ends up leading into the end of the night. Um, so like through Swiss, I went undefeated, but you know there were multiple rounds where we had. 30 extra minutes in between the rounds. 30 plus. And that, yeah, Damn. and so for an event that started at approximately 9 to 10 in the morning, you know, I showed up at 9.15 or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, people are starting to get pretty f- fatigued. I have a lot of, like, game stamina, but, like, yeah. so top 16 starts rolling around, and they give us an hour break for mm-hmm. dinner, and then that hour break ends up turning into about two hours due to deck checks. A lot of people had small issues with sleeves that they were very particular on. Um, yeah, and then who you like, tell? Who are you tell? It was shocking and, some of those sleeves calls, man. Wow. Yeah, and then <laughs> those two actually. Yeah, wow. I, I was shocked. I was actually excluded from it. Like I, I'd use the same for events but like there were good quality sleeves and i'm very gentle with my shuffles but like i was when i saw some of the the other sleeves that were called i was like wow that's that's really particular um hey they're you know being safe i get it but you know for for the event to have already run so much time it it definitely felt like an excessive delay um but i do know a few people also had issues with their decks list in comparison to their actual deck, which I understand that's a pretty big problem and something that definitely needs to get rectified. Mm-hmm. But, but it took like an hour and a half. Yeah, it yeah. was rough. It, it was yeah. like an hour. Yeah. It was like we were calling people. We were doing all kinds of stuff. So, um, but uh, kind of going back to probably the big sum total of the problem of all of that, uh, at least for me, is that added more time. Yes. Right, so like we had these extra time between rounds, and we had the break, and then we had extra time between that break, and then we went into top cut, and then we had 
some people in top 16 and in top eight going to time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like going well, well over time. So the, the point where top four was about to start, um, we were looking at something like 1130-ish. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we and, and that's, that's not started. Like we were still waiting for one match to finish that was going to extra time um and the two people who had already finished and a person from the event went ahead and started going so about the chop and i had actually been asked earlier in the day um like very first round ryan um asked me ryan galloway was like would you want to chop the thousand dollars i was like Maybe in finals, if I was mm -hmm. guaranteed the trophy, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. more than likely, like my, it, it depends on what the split is too, right? Like if I'm looking at five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, yeah, let's play it out. But if I'm looking at like, you know, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, let's let's split and then just get out of here. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was interesting, and then it was just brought up, and they were like, you know, they brought it up, and the first thing that came out of people's mind was. Well, we'll give the trophy based on Swiss standings, and I hadn't lost a game that day, so mm -hmm. that that was the first thing that kind of clued me. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. I was kind of there for the trophy, the big check, and you know, have a good time. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely didn't want to make anyone like upset. Of like, I mean, it it was 11:30. People were exhausted. The store wanted to get out of there. There are just so many reasons it, it seemed to line up. Um, and I'm sure if we had a stream, we might have ended up playing it out because mm -hmm. people would have just been livid. But uh, w without a stream or anything, it seemed like the correct decision on all fronts. Yeah, I don't blame people. It was a long day. Yeah, come come top eight, I was pretty over it. I was just like, you know what? I'm pretty fucking over it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that was my big thing. I personally just really wanted... As soon as that was like... Nope, nobody's gonna argue. That goes to Sam. Um, I had already beaten, you know, like four, three or four wind waters um, that day, including Colin in Swiss, mm -hmm. and that was all that was left was three wind water players, and I feel very confident in that matchup. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think the writing was kind of on the wall there. I'm pretty sure you would have. I mean, again, you're you're, you're riding the hot streak too, man. Like I could easily have seen finals. Now, who was who would have been your top four opponent? Would it have been Colin? My, or... my top four was Colin, and the okay. interesting thing was because uh, he was like, "I'm, I'm kind of well, let's let's see and get our pairings." And then he we got our pairings, and then he looked at me and he goes, "Oh, I play Sam. Now let's split." Yeah, <laughs> was first thing out of his mouth, and he just gave me a big smile, like, "Nah, now nah, let's yeah. split. Let's go." <laughs> no, absolutely. But no, man, I, I think overall you had a really good – clearly had a really good day of cards. Now, the most important question is what have you done with that big check? Did you did – you, is it hanging in your office? Did you turn it into a desk? Uh, have you hit small children with it? What are you doing with it? <laughs> it it's in the office. It is not hung up. We're, we're mm -hmm. currently doing some bathroom remodeling. It uh, needs so to go in the bathroom. It needs to go in the bathroom. I like, don't know if it fits. Like, that check is ginormous. And that bathroom, it's our guest bathroom. It, it's pretty tiny. You need to let them know. <laughs> <laughs> let them know. This is whose bathroom you're using. And, like, right under it, you need, you need to write, pay to the order of, you sit down when you pee. That's what it needs to say. There you go. <laughs> tell them. Tell, tell them what they have to do in your house. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, we used to have a 
back in my old apartment and uh for a while it had a no dumping sign uh that i i stole from a construction yard nice forever ago nice now before i get to brian i'm asked did you uh because he's uh, we want to talk about his deck a lot did you have did you have any matches because i know especially since you know brian i believe was your top eight opponent yes now Throughout the day, did you, um, I guess, what were your matchups? Did you play against kind of the same old, same old? Did you play against anything that was kind of off the cuff? Was anybody digging for gold? Yeah, so hands down, <laughs> my personal favorite deck of the reunion um, that I, I played against, obviously I really love Brian's deck, and mm-hmm. it, it's a really great deck, but I got to give a shout-out to Corey Kunkel's deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was my top 16 opponent as well as, like, my round 7 uh, mm-hmm. opponent and he's got mono water slash fire warrior of light no admittedly i think that is a rough 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 matchup for him but mm-hmm. clearly his deck did quite well you know he still mm-hmm. made it into top 16 and that was an innovative list like mm-hmm. i a lot really, of light cards. really like it yeah I, I mean he's running something like like an absurd amount of light cards, cards. Yes. Mm-hmm. A deck I could it's never play. 13. I 13 would literally just cards. have five light cards in my opening hand every game and be like, all right. Rough. Yeah, that, that actually happened our very final game. Yeah, I am an unlucky... He showed me his hand. He was like, I, I literally have to play this card because I can play no other cards in my hand. And it wow. was a Materia. And I had already played a, um, a uh, Menphilia. And then he <laughs> had to play out more light forwards. Oh, and no. it, you, you know where that spells, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was a dead fun time. Rough, rough, but yeah, like, and um, you know, to kind of segue into Brian now, you were playing a really awesome deck, so awesome, in fact, that uh, Ron, I know you had talked with him about it, he was actually playing, I believe, the same 50 you were, but let's uh, let's talk about that because you finished top eight. Let's go ahead and talk about your day, your deck. I want I want to hear everything that was going through your mind and the build up through, for this event. Uh, so, um, so this is a deck I've been working on for a pretty long time. Uh, there, it's gone through a couple of different stages, but I basically basically played the same exact deck for the last. Uh, I want to say since uh, Virginia, so the Lightning Crystal mm-hmm. Cup. So, um, uh, I, I brought this deck to nationals, and then so like the, the the last like little leap in terms of like changes that I've made. Um, I, I've been working on this deck with uh, Tony Jin. A shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for a pretty long time, we've been collaborating on it, and he's he actually just like took the de- deck, ran with it, and then just like tested a whole bunch of things. We literally, literally tested everything in the format that we could test, essentially with it, and I think we came up with something relatively optimal. So, um, going into this event, I actually thought that we I I, I had this event in the bag because like. Like, I felt like all my matchup, matchups felt really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I didn't uh, anticipate uh, going running up against Sam and uh, running up against his version of Rampierre. Although, yeah, because his Rampier, version of Rampierre had Sephiroth and Renoa's, and then he was also playing some, um, playing the deck much differently than other people were playing it. So mm-hmm. in testing, I thought that my Rampierre matchup was really, really good. I thought it was 100 0, honestly, um, uh, up until I ran up to Sam, and then he, you know, you know, show me what was what. <laughs> um, but uh, going into the event, I also thought that um, that oh, our matchup against Windwater was also really favored as well. 
it was hovering around, you know, uh, 70-30-ish. Um, it really depended on whether or not they were playing the, the, the spicy Shemazai to kill the uh, the, the Scale Toad. Mm -hmm. um, there were, we were, like, pretty decent against Doga decks. Um, there was a, a variant of Doga, which I was kind of, like, not okay with, but everything else, if it was missing one of the one of the, the key pieces, then um, then we were actually extremely favored. Um, and I actually ended up running up against the Doga deck um, in top 16, mm -hmm. and uh, we had the spicy tech of Dr. Sid. No, yeah, um, and Colin was so because it was against Colin Coughlin. He uh he was like, God damn it. He straight up got popped by Dr. Sid. Yeah, I opened it um game one and game two against him, uh post Mulligan, <laughs> and it just proceeded to like wipe the floor with him. Like the deck his his deck couldn't do anything outside of the Doga, essentially. And mm -hmm. once you rip the uh, Dr. Sid, you actually are forced to pop the Doga, otherwise any other line is just puts you in a significantly worse position. Um, and then also, uh, um, and the Waff matchup actually was uh, something that we were actually super prepared for, um, and that was actually a 100-0 matchup. Yeah, that match is unwinnable for Waff, I can tell you that hands down, because that's what I played this weekend. And I, we, Me and Ron tested, I took one game off of him, and that's only because I had the absolute nuttiest, nuttiest, nut, nut, nut you could have and he stumbled like five times. That's the only way Waff can win that matchup. Um, yeah, so that's it, it, you just have so many tools in in order to stop oh, yeah. the aggression. It's 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 just absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, so is. just to do like a quick rundown of like some of like the, the features of the deck. Um, so like something that's like kind of new was the. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, I I typically play with the 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 the, the eleven package with uh, three Shantotos. Um, I play with. Uh, Three stuff Ross and and Scale Toads. That's like kind of my thing. Um, but the the some of the new additions were like the Arcanist and the Time Mage, which actually like complement the the sweeping plan as well as the the Scale Toad really really well because it forces um their their forwards back, so it makes them overcommit to the board because they get pressured by the Scale Toad and um they just can't do anything with with their forwards in the play. So like those those additions made the deck like really really shine. Um and also. Uh, we up the deck to three magic pots, so it's now a magic pot deck as opposed to a scale toad deck. And then we added Genesis avatars to make uh, Fina's copy four through six. And it's funny you say that. Um, the anarchist and the time mage are, are part of, or are really what makes Waff struggle against it too. That matchup was actually the reason I teched in one three CP lawn just to kind of mess up the numbers on that. But even then, it wasn't like. It's rough. Yeah, dude, I was playing as Ron and Swiss, and the Windwater player to the left of me was playing, like, it was Sam Prime. He was playing, you know, just, like, pretty standard Windwater with just, like, six three-cost forwards on his field. And Ron just goes, why can't you have that Windwater deck? Because <laughs> I had, like, six different cost forwards on the field. But those things were terrifying. It's like, like however many turns, I just couldn't attack at all. With two Arcanists mm -hmm. and a Time Mage is, is absurd. You just lose. <laughs> It's a little wild, yeah. especially against these decks where, like, when Water is just playing all these three of's, mm -hmm. or all these uh, three cost guys rather. Yeah, earlier in um in in the day, uh, I was just playtesting against uh, Yunez, uh, and she was playing uh uh Rampier, mm -hmm. and uh, she had um three four drop forwards and a Shantoto, and I was like, okay, um, I will go ahead and Arcanist your three four drops and uh, Time Mage your your nine drop, and pass the turn. And then afterwards, I I, I cracked my my Shant uh, Shantoto and Shantoto again, and I was mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really brutal. Uh, it was really something brutal. else. How how many times he was able to have the CP active to stop my attack and still be like affecting me proactively. 
So uh, it was really impressive, actually. Yeah, no, it's a re- it's a really really neat list. Now, um, t- I guess tell everybody because um, it, there's not a whole lot of people playing it. Like I said, you were playing it. Um, you and Tony Jim worked on it. Ron was playing it, and um, Alan Chu was playing it as well. Um, it has a lot of lines and a lot of intricacies. Kind of kind of talk about some of those that like when you're like in the in the meat of a match. What how how what are what are the lines that keep it going? Um, so we can talk about some of the, the synergies in the deck. So obviously, mm-hmm. uh, we have sort of the ETB synergies in the deck, which is mm-hmm. um, you have the um, uh, the the Fina and the Genesis Avatar uh, combined with uh, Renoa and um, and Magic Pot. So essentially, mm-hmm. any combination of those essentially wipes your opponent's board. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can also throw in Veritas in the mix as well, because if you crack Veritas twice, a lot of times the board just consists of two forwards, and you just hit both of the forwards, and that's mm-hmm. pretty good as well. Um, and then you also have sort of the 11 package as well. Um, you have um, 11 uh, package gets Shantoto, it gets Aparuru, and also gets uh, Nagmodel as well. A lot, uh, Nag- uh, Nagmolata? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or something like that, yeah, right? That's right. Nagmalata. Um, and um, and is actually a lot of times what you get uh, with Star Simple because uh, Nagmalata also gets you uh, your power monsters as well. You get your um, uh, your one of uh, Scale Toad or your Magic Pops. Mm-hmm. So um, there is the that sort of like mini uh, monster package, and then. Uh, let me think what else. Um, that's essentially the, the deck. Uh, you just have ways to get, you know, to your sweeping combo, and then you have um, uh, your sweeping combo in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fina, Magic Pot Fina is just such a ball buster. You're just like, well, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble you when that me. happens. Yeah. Yep. Now, what um, you said, I want to say... Going into top sixteen, you were you were in the top eight seed, I believe. I'm trying. To, I'm pulling it up here. I don't know what um because you ended up finishing either seventh or eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Was was your official final? He finished eighth. Um, on the official mm-hmm. thing. Let's see here. Yeah, and I'm, in, I'm I'm actually just looking over your deck list now. Like it's just nothing but like good stuff. Now, um, I love the one cloud of darkness. Kuja is one of the best cards, like well, probably the best version of Kuja they've ever printed. Um, Kusith, a really stupid card. Doctor Sid, Colin was talking all night about he how he just got obliterated by Doctor Sid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really love you guys' list. Like, it's just super clean. It it it's you know what it's there to do. It does it, and it's it's freaking great at it. One yeah, of the best control decks I've ever seen. In absolutely. And we definitely, like, looked at this list for, like, there were so many different iterations of this list between Mm -hmm. Nationals and uh, this event. We we literally tested everything. Um, Like, we even tested um, five and six drops in all the other colors as well. So we were testing, like, five drop cloud, the red cloud. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were testing, like, Sakura. We were testing, um, uh, like, some other, like... We were considering some other like random six drop, like Nail came up once, <laughs> even though we like quickly dismissed it as well. Uh, we, we we also tested every single ice card and earth card as well. So like mm-hmm. uh, like um, like Skila was like not good in this deck. Um, like we tried Arden, we tried oh we tried a whole bunch of different things. Uh, like and we just like found that this was really good. Um, like if Doga wasn't in the format, then we you know cut the Doctor Sids for mm-hmm. like a squall into more Scale Toads probably. But it's mm-hmm. because Doga's in the format, and you have to respect it. And that, I actually think that Doga is actually a really strong deck. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I think right when you go under the big three, which um, you know, I'll, I'll actually ask you. We talked about Waff. How was your How was your matchup with Windwater and Rampair? Like, I, I guess um, we can kind of segue into your match with Sam because you said like you you said you made it sound like you kind of struggled in that yeah. matchup. Um, definitely. Um, it was definitely a pretty big reality check because I didn't realize how, um, like if Rampier was played slightly differently with a slightly different list, how unfavored that match would be. And mm-hmm. a lot of it came down to with, um, we have Toads and we have Sephiroths, mm-hmm. and they have Toads and they have Sephiroths, and they can kill our Toads and we can't kill theirs. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of times what the matchup boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where And like whoever lands, and then you have the game of like whoever lands the first Sephiroth typically wins the game and runs away with the, uh, the momentum there. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, for us, um, we we thought that just having the Sephiroths and the Renoas and the Magic Pots and the 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 Scale Toad was enough to to beat that matchup. Because even if they could kill our Scale Toad with the uh, the Shantotos, we could still uh, use the Sephiroths to pressure their hand. But if they have the Sephiroths to pressure our hand as well, then that whole entire plan falls apart essentially. Um, whereas, uh, so in terms of the Windwater matchup, right? Um, the Windwater matchup a lot of times boils down to can you crack their board with a Shishola on it? Um, and a lot of times you have to do that with setting up uh, either uh, double pot or pot Renoa and a um, uh, um, yeah or pot Renoa uh, in order to triple crack their whole entire board. But the problem with that a lot of times too is that um, Aerith also covers a lot of the, the the pot plays. So you mm-hmm. have to be able to play around the Aerith and the uh, the Ishtola. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there, I mean, granted, there are some lists that don't play the Aerith, but right now Aerith's pretty popular right now because yeah. of especially because of Loth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she makes the Aerith makes the wind water match kind of difficult for Waff. You can play around if that's what like Prompto and stuff is for, but still really, really hard. Really, really hard with her on the board. Um, but a lot of the Aerith uh, variants are actually not playing a way to deal with Scale Toad. So what mm-hmm. you can do is if you can actually wipe their boat, uh, board and have a Scale Toad on the board, then that means the game is just essentially over. Um, so if you can like squeeze in through that window and clear their board, that the, the game ends just right there. Nice. Nice. And then no need no need to talk about the WAF matchup because that is non-existent. Somebody, if somebody's playing WAF against you, they might as well just be playing a starter deck because it's just, you can't, <laughs> it's unwinnable. 100% right. unwinnable. It actually kind of goes for other uh, uh, matchups as well. Like I played against a, um, a Wind Lightning uh, Vaughn deck uh, mm-hmm. where they were just, you know, mono three drops um, and trying to play the six drop Vaughn. Um, uh, unfortunately, he opened really poorly, but he just never really had a chance because I, I just like went, okay, Arcanist on three. And yeah. th- that, that was the game a lot of the times. So like he just like never could crack through for more than one point of damage each turn, which bought me a lot of time for me to uh, find my combo and sweep. And mm-hmm. um, that's essentially the matchup. And that, that happens with the majority of matchups as well, where if they can't deal with a Scale Toad, um, then they're essentially forced to play their hand onto the board. And if they're playing their hand onto the board, a lot of times they can't attack because they have a lot of the same numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm stopping all their attacks. And eventually, if they get to a point where they can, um, uh, you know, get onto the board and attack through my, my Arcanist and Time Mage, that's actually enough for me to just go, like, wipe your board, that's the game, I'm super far ahead. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's smart. It's a very very fantastic list, and I urge anybody. This kind of goes back, you know, before we kind of talk about mine and John's weekend. This goes back to kind of the stuff we've been saying the last couple of weeks. The decks like this, the the time you've put into it, the digging you've done, uh, and you said you've been playing this deck for a while, and you know you've got some of the new pieces here, and they just kind of slide right in. Like this is the stuff that really gives me a lot of hope when you feel like when you get that feeling that like a meta could be stale. 
you see something like this that not only does it have relatively good matchups, it takes one of the big decks out of the equation completely. And sometimes that's good enough. Technically, it takes out two because because of Dr. Sid. Doga just doesn't stand a chance against this thing. So well, you're actually, taking two of the bigger... I actually think that Doga is still relatively strong even without uh, w- even with Dr. Mm-hmm. Sid in the meta. I actually think that Doga is pr- like, probably one of the top decks, if not... like Personally, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best decks. But um, that's just, you know... Well, no, I, I agree. I think it's a fantastic deck. I think it's, you know, I, and I like to think that Colin wouldn't have played it if he wouldn't have thought, because he actually called the audible to it like late that night, the night uh, Friday night. He was like, "I'm just gonna do this," because I think it was because he kept because he was gonna play Waff originally, but he, him, and Ron live together and they play all the time, and he just can't beat that. So he was like, "Well, I'm tired of playing against Ron and losing all the time, so I'm just gonna play this deck instead." <laughs> yeah, and can't paid him. off really well for him. Yeah, now, actually, Ron's list was um one card off from mine because he actually wasn't um he was playing uh, two Doctor Sid because he wasn't uh, respecting the Doga enough. Well, but we were playing. We played against Doga enough to to know that we have to respect it, and just like you have to open it or else you die. That's fair. That is very fair. Now I know with the you know the the time and everything because it was a long day. Let, let's you know, there's we've made no bones about that. Um, did you have any issue with your deck list going into top eight, like sleeves, anything like that? Because I felt like almost everybody had something. Uh, I got checked for sleeves twice, actually. Wow. So um, I actually had to. Um, so. Uh, the first time around, they were like, yeah, your sleeves are a little bit marked. There was something mm-hmm. that we could just cut to directly. So you're going to need to change your sleeves. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll buy new sleeves. So I bought new sleeves, and the sleeves that I bought were actually just so terrible. They, oh, I, I split like 15 of them. Um, not even joking. Um, just just like right through regular shuffling or just like putting the cards in. They were just like really terrible quality sleeves. Um, wow. Even though they were typically they, they were dra- Dragon Shield sleeves. The typical really? Dragon Shield yeah. were really good. But it was just like this pack I had which just had like a manufacturing t- defect or something like that. Oh, that's so, awful. So, um, and then what happened was uh, afterwards um, I, I got checked for top 16 and they were like, oh yeah, like 15 of your cards like have like uh broken sleeves i'm like oh crap like so that's another like 15 gone so i'm already like done with this pack mm-hmm. but yeah no it's just like um the the pack of sleeves i had were absolutely terrible but like those the the cards that they they pulled out were incredibly reasonable for them to pull out so um, sure i was just having really bad luck, I suppose. that's unfortunate um now i guess overall what were your thoughts on the event did you enjoy it did you yeah it was it was a ton of fun like i actually had uh i think two or three extra days afterwards um, oh, nice. to just chill. I, I left on Tuesday. So on Sunday, I just like hung out with Colin and like we just had a really good time. Uh, Colin Rupert, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just like went to a whole bunch of places and had fun. Um, and then, uh, but besides that though, like I think you've covered most of the, the issues I had with the tournament. So like besides that though, like people were nice. Um, I'm glad that, uh, uh, you know, people got to put this together for us, for us to play, and um, yeah, it was worth really me flying out all the way from California. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. The Lockwoods, I, I, you know, James and Kayla, this is the second time they've put on a really fantastic event. Um, you know, heat aside, because heat, I mean, it's it's hard to put something this size on with half the space, and you know, the AC just wasn't pumping. It's Florida; it's hot. It happens, but I think well, overall, that's not their fault. You know, not at all. Definitely not their fault. Yeah, there was nothing they did. That marred the turn. It was excellent. I I literally can't wait for the third one. The but um, fair east. That's right. That's that's, that's exactly. That's the the best way to describe it. Now oh, um, we didn't, so real quick, uh, we didn't talk about fanfare tickets for news. 
Oh yeah, well, well I mean, so because they were gone so. <laughs> well, because they were gone so fucking fast. Are any of you guys gonna go? Absolutely not. <laughs> I went to I my fanfare. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, John, you might be the only one in here that got a ticket. Hey, that's all right. You know what? We'll be there. We'll come back with Zach's to, to yeah. give the class. There you go. There you go. Yeah, four minutes. That's all it took. There was over two hundred people on. When the when the link went live and they were gone in four minutes, there's a lot of people that were there right on time but didn't get them. Yeah, so, pretty wild. And that's a whole nother can of worms that people are bitching about, and with with good reason. With good reason, I am. Um, and that, that I mean, we could talk about. We could spend a whole damn podcast talking about that. Yeah, that's, I just I mean, uh, that's up there with L three. I was just thinking about that real quick, so I, I wanted to yeah. interject that. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. And and how quickly we glazed over it was how quick the ticket sold out. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> Now, John, how was uh, you know, how was your weekend? You came down to reunion, Jersey Boys, RVA Returners representing. That's right, we were ready to go. So, um, we had me, Alex, and Dan came down. We mm -hmm. flew in Friday night. Uh, we had all kinds of delays and stuff because planes were getting delayed all over the country because of some kind yeah. of crazy weather going on in the Midwest. We talked about this a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. so we got in real late, weren't able to join you guys for dinner or anything like that. I'm hearing you say you guys had Korean barbecue. I was getting very oh, jealous. Was... Um, so we got there and Colin actually was, uh, was rooming with us. So we met up with Colin and we got to the room. So we woke up real early and had to kind of take care of everything. We had to do deck lists. We had to find somewhere to eat breakfast and, you know, do all that. So we went to, like, this diner that was right next to the store in that strip there. Dude, this, yeah. this strip mall was, like, they make all their money packed. off of nerds, I guess, man. They had, they had like, that a boba tea sick. place that had yeah. all of the Japanese, like, crazy Japanese music games. They had, like, a comic store that was separate from the, <laughs> like, card shop slash, you know, Warhammer store. Then they also had like, uh, well, we'll talk about the bar later. They had, they had a bar. Uh, <laughs> they had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Japanese and Chinese food. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was wild. So and don't forget the CrossFit, dude. You gotta hit the rack. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag the lifestyle. Right next door. Yeah. Um, you just hear the bars dropping in between yeah. rounds. <laughs> dude, they were fucking crossfitting up over there. I felt like a lazy piece of shit. Did they probably see Irving like walk up? They're like, oh, okay. And he goes into the card store. They're like, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Confused. Uh, but yeah, so so we got there. Um, everybody filled out their deck list properly except Dan. We, uh, I was playing Windwater, uh, similar to the deck that we played to qualify for nationals. I was playing Windwater Ultros. Partially mm -hmm. just to fucking play Ultros, man. Uh, okay. Ultros turns sideways and cleaves the board. So Ultros with cards like Pinello, the new Pinello, really good. Obviously Valforfina, all that stuff. Standard Wind Water, just slap three octopuses in it and have you know have a field day. I also, uh, Chris, we had been talking about the Fusoya, so mm -hmm. I was doing the Fusotros. I was playing a Fusoya backup, which was mm -hmm. uh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's what I almost played this weekend. Yeah, the Fusoya backup made my WAF matchups. Very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was. Uh, it turned that matchup around for me. So, um, anyway, I uh, I had an okay day of cards, Chris. I uh, I got team killed a few times, so you know it is oh, what man. it is. Uh, Colin, I beat Ron, then Colin beat me. It was it was a mess. Um, so we we got there plenty of times against. Um, I you know I had to play against like Matt Rice and John Amar. He's a guy from up here, so I got to mm -hmm. you know basically catch up with everybody by playing against them all day long. Uh, we had a good time, though. You know, it's good to see everybody. Um, 
I I only wound up. Well, I was like, I think I want to say five three, but that's probably not true. It was probably four four. I don't know. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're just playing it out. Um, but I had a good time. I was playing Windwater with the Ultras. I had a good matchup against other Windwater decks. A good matchup against mm-hmm. Waff. Uh, I actually lost to the Doga deck. I lost to like blind fire aggro deck in a game where I just didn't draw any backups mm-hmm. and I got sauced in like three turns. And then I lost a a really really close game against like a a Ron Pair list where mm-hmm. man the guy realized he searches for the Ron Pair with Star Symbol and then he's about to play it and I like five drop unit out and like literally he he already finished searching it shuffles the deck and he. He goes to put it down on the field and then goes, oh, wait, if you remove this from the game with Yuna, I don't get to play a guy. And then puts it back in his hand. Like, damn it. <laughs> we had him so close. Oh, we, man. we almost had him. Uh, but that we went all the way to deck out. I think he had like one card in his deck and I decked first. It was, it was rough. Oh, rough. Um, but yeah, so just one of those days where, honestly, uh, even though I, I had a couple of L's that I didn't want to get, obviously, we uh-huh. had a, a very good day of cards. It was a lot of fun. I had some really close games. I had some great games against some cool people. So um, I was glad to get to go have some fun out there. Dan took an updated version of our Prince deck Princes, that we had yeah. been playing last year. And he only lost to Sam in Swiss, mm-hmm. uh, was crushing it, and then crushed himself right out of the uh, best of three by giving himself a game loss with deckless problems. Um, no, but really, in Top Cut, he wound up running into the deck's worst matchup, which is Famfrit. We were kind of just hoping that most people weren't playing Famfrit, mm-hmm. uh, which they weren't. But then, nope, he found the one guy who was, so. Uh, <laughs> it turns out. He said he had, like, a, a pretty bad draw, and then, like, wasn't even sure if he could beat that guy in 2 or 3. Um, mm-hmm. But he had a great day playing uh, what people would call a completely rogue deck, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out Delta Legend stops Waff dead in its tracks. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually glad you said that because I actually ended up having to play Dan um, in one of my rounds. I lost the match, but I'm probably the only one who played the Waff match correctly against him. Yeah, because you uh, you knew the deck. And yeah, I played against it before. Other people. Well, and also like, even if I didn't, if I see Delita on the board, I'm not playing Rain. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So, I'm, I'm I'm playing around that. Card. Yeah, people didn't realize that you know uh, if they attack with like Frit and it deals damage when it attacks, that's Rain's ability. So it actually just yep, breaks. So the range. range just dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you lose all your haste and everything. Um, but also too, I was also playing a card that helped a lot in that matchup but it wasn't just for that matchup and of course i'm talking about prompto oh man um, prompto is you if you are playing earth cards right now slap that prompto in the list it's... and i'm glad you said that because that's how we're going to segue into my day john then we're going to talk about the bar in the aftermath because this will be fun oh, so um i went x2 um made t- uh made top 16 my um my only losses were to dan and to i lost to sydney um, that, that were my two losses right there in the middle. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll kind of talk about the matchups. My, and this is where, you know, I'm kind of segueing into Prompto. My first match was against a guy named Vito, and he was playing uh, Ice Wind. You know, typical Ice Wind, real heavy discard. Um, and he actually got the Sephiroth on me, and I saw that there was a point where he had he had pitched a Sephiroth, and then he Sephiroth-esked me. And in response, I actually just misdragoned his board to get, now nah, I knew sephiroth S was pretty much off the table. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, it was actually a really back-and-forth match. Um, he got me to um, – so this is where Prompto came in. He had you know, I, I, he had me dead to rights. Um, I've got a few forwards on the board. He parties, puts me at five. 
He still has um, no. He I forget what pretty much what happens is he's got four forwards on the board, and the six point of damage he hit was a prompto. So your boy got to RFG one of his attackers, and that he couldn't win the game that turn. Yeah, punished. And then yeah, it, it was it was it was just like yo prompto straight up won me that game. And then the next turn, I drop uh, I drop because uh, I had one card in hand, which was a win. And then I draw, I think I draw Seraphie and I think Lawn or something like that. So anyway, like I drop the Seraphie, get the rain back, play that, and then I drop win, and then I tap two backups and play the Lawn. So like I just won the next turn because I was just able to just dump my hand and just go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't for Prompto, I was dead on. Prompto was the only out that I had, and that guy feels so fucking good when you hit him on burst, and your opponent has four guys, so you get to RFG somebody. Yeah, just like um, Ram- that's all you get from that, but that was good enough. Yeah, Rampart, Water, and Waff all love slamming dudes. Yes, <laughs> right. They'll and then all Prompto- do a four real quick without any help from you. Right. So I got there. So I got there on that one thanks to Prompto. And then game two, I'm playing against a semi-local. He's from Northern Virginia. His name is Paul Fan. He was actually um, playing this real crazy one-turn kill, rain, standard unit, big Valifor, um, Warrior of Light, where um, I know we've seen this deck before, where you pretty much you, you play a bunch of standard units. You have the, the Wind Warrior of Light out to activate your backups. Um, and then ideally, you're valiforing everything back to your hand, everything back to your hand. You're replaying everything, drawing a bunch of cards off of like the three different Vikings. You're playing rain, you're hasting everything on an empty board, and you're just winning in one turn. Um, so I had to play against that. And, you know, Wolf's pretty good against that because you can just, you attack with something, with rain on the board, you're killing something, you're killing something. But he did have the white mage that can stop damage from happening. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is really good, which is a really good card against Wolf. But. Thankfully, I was able to play around all the range shenanigans. I was able to, um, there was a turn where he couldn't get through and he double um, um, the range special that reduces everything by 4K. Overwhelm? Oh, no, overwhelm. Uh, overwhelm, man. He double uh, overwhelm. Yeah, undermine. He double undermines. So that's two range gone. And then he does, he, um, in the process, he discards the fire rain in his hand and I snap Miss Dragon, his, uh, his break zone. <laughs> so rain is off the table for the remainder of the game. So now he's got to rely on Warrior of Light and Swinging to get them all big. But then he's got a board with like nine dudes on it, and I windmill slam Prompto on the table. <laughs> so Warrior of Light's gone, and then like I kill... I, I, I look to break the White Mage to force him to pop it to protect all his guys. Mm-hmm. But the other MVP of that match was the 5CP Cloud, because he has the party attack with like nine dudes to get over that guy. <laughs> Because I've also got LeBro out, which is huge. And pretty much the game went, like, every time he, he was preparing for the turn, I would just play a card that was like, well, now you've set me back a turn. And that's, and that's good enough. That's all you need to do. Yeah. But Prompto, once again, proved to be the MVP. And But also, I'm saying that a lot of a lot of these early matches was misdragon, just get hitting. I probably misdragoned twice per game for, to, uh, to hit a break zone. Just to get, wow. I mean, recursion is so huge. Yeah. yeah. And when you see, when you see your opponent discard stuff, like, you know, at a certain point, like, what cards are critical. Like, if I saw somebody pitch an Alua or a second Alua, oh, I'm, I'm snap misdragoning that. Yeah. Like, straight up, they're gone. They are gone. To the Shadow uh, Realm. That's right. Pretty much. And then, let's see. So I was 2 0. Then round three, I played against, um, 
I played against Mono Water. Um, that was one. It was a quick 7-0. Um, guy was really nice. He actually played the deck right. He got to five backups really quickly. But then all he kept seeing were backups. The only forwards he saw were Layla Viking. And as soon as he goes Layla Viking, he goes Layla Viking. I'm like, Miss Dragon. So the, the game the game was pretty much over um, before it got started. And he was playing big, you know. And I was like, well, I, I guess I'm I guess I just kind of win here off of that because then I just flooded the board and that was that was a wrap. Um, round four is when I played against Sydney. Um, it, it was close. All my losses, I want to say both of my losses, I lost to Dan seven six and I lost to Sydney seven five. I just ran out of gas. That happens against Windwater. He hit his stride. I ran out of gas. He got me. Um, then after that, I believe I had to play against. Um, I think I had to play against. I don't remember. I don't remember who was right there. Oh, I had to was play against. Uh, I know it was this. It was before Dan. I had to play against my first round Perilous. I cannot remember the gentleman's name. He's from Boston. Um, I know his tag was One Winged Angel, and I he was playing Rampair. Mm-hmm. And what's un- and I feel bad because ours wasn't even a game. It was just it was so one sided because his deck bricked. Um, because I guess he had gotten a random deck check uh, the round before, and his deck got sorted. I just don't think he shuffled well enough. Mm. Um, he mulligans no backups. He, he has, has no backups. Mulligans no backups. And unfortunately, <laughs> right, and unfortunately for him, I had the nuts. I'm at like four backups and four forwards by like turn three. Game Ooh. was over. Game was over. And it was like the four <laughs> good backups. It was like turn one loose. I think my turn one was pitch Gabranth, play Seraphie, pitch, uh, 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 I think I pitched a cloud and played um, um, loose. And then the next turn, it was like, um, girl who forgot her name. I, I, I forgot that I got, I think I got. Um, Mom, dad, I brother, a, sister, go. Pretty much, pretty much. It was it was fast. And the game was over in two attacks. And he got to the, he actually, he kind of tilted because it was just, he just never drew any backups. He just like scooped it up, slammed his deck. He was pissed. And I was, I get it, man. I'd be pissed too if after getting deck checked, I bricked really hard. Um, so we just made small talk. We played some casuals, but I didn't like press the issue. I, the one thing I'd made sure I did not say good game because it was not a good game. And I understand where he's coming from. So I just, I, I avoid that kind of stuff. I shook his hand, said, "Hey, man, sorry that happened." But word to the wise: don't say good game if someone just, in fact, did not have a good game. It's almost patronizing. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I made sure not to say it. I shook his hand, said, "Hey, man, let's play some casuals. You can shuffle your deck up. We can play some stuff." And I think that helped because he actually won one of the casual games that we played. I think it helped because he actually ended up finishing the day. I think X three. There you go. So you know, I. I uh, hopefully I, I helped turn his day around with just, just kindness. But then after that was when I played Dan. And again, he has a really good matchup against Waff, but one of the things I was able to like, I, you know, yes, I had a leg up on the deck and I put him to six very quickly. But then I, again, I ran out of steam. Delita hit the board. And, you know, the, what really blew me out was the blowout card that, oh, I mean, I've misplayed into Minwoo very, very hard, very hard. Um, but the card that blew me out was two CP Titan. There that it card is. does it. But, but um, um, and also too, but there was a couple unique parts of that game where he plays Delita, and I've got, um, I've got my back. I got five backups, and the way I'm getting around Delita is I am playing. I'm swinging with Brandalus, who's an 8K first strike brave, and then I'm tapping the Pelinor yeah, to ping the board. So if he blocks with Delita, it just dies to the first strike. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's actually how I got like four points of my damage just by poking, 
And three CP lawn helped out a lot in that match too, because Delita can't even block that. Like you need a fight spell to get that lawn off the board. And we actually had a, uh, we actually got into a, you know, Sam, this will be familiar to you. We actually got into a little middle, mental misstep fight because I play an Ifrit, he misdragons, I misdragon his misdragon, and then I think he misdragons my misdragon. Hey, yeah, so we, we got we got into one of those. We got into a little mental misstep fight. Um, and I think I ended up misdragoning his misdragon. So, like, because I really needed that ifrit to go off. Like, I really needed oh, yeah. that thing to happen. Um, and then, like, the turn after that is when I misplayed into the Minwoo. And then the game just turned around and it was over. Yeah, and he, I, mean, he, yeah. I just couldn't get that last point of damage. But um, I, I had rain in my hand since turn two. And I couldn't play it because Delita was on the board. I had to use the deck's other... I, I had to use the deck's other resources to play around Delita. And eventually, it, was, it actually wasn't Delita that ended up killing me. It was just... Me running out of steam, him going wide, and then like the threat of that. Really, it was Minwoo because I when I once I misplayed into that Minwoo, the game was over. Like it was over. Um, so that was my second loss. Then I played against Andy in the last round. He was playing Wind Water, and I I hit the nuts and I just rolled over. It was like seven two, I think, is what it ended up being. Um, and then in top sixteen, I had to play against Jim Doolittle, who was on. uh, a different version of Rampair, a very heavy 11 Rampair with, like, um, uh, Eldenarsh. He was playing Eldenarsh. So, yeah, it was Paradise. It was definitely some Paradise. He's machine gun moogling people last year. Mm-hmm. Dude, well, what sucks is we went over to their Airbnb the night before, and we played, like, a bunch of games, and it was – it was I, I beat him every game but one. <laughs> so I, I was feeling very confident. Um and but you know here's the thing jim's a really good player so i was like oh jim you know we played a bunch of games last night he's gonna download me i'm gonna lose this is it that comes to an end but uh no i actually it it was it was a relatively quick 2-0 um i got some pretty critical bursts in game one where it was like i think the first point of damage was gabrant um i think the second point of damage was a seraphie so i got then i think the third point of damage was a rorik and I think the fourth point of damage was like another Rorik or something like that. It was just all gas. And it was beautiful. Um, so, you know, better lucky than good. Yeah, and a huge shout out to Jim. I, I, mm-hmm. he's, he's a great guy. Really great player. Yeah, really, 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 really knows his stuff. And the fact that he, you know, he was setting up paradises all day long and just, you know, doing really neat stuff with his list. Um, and then in top eight, I had to play against uh, Jamie, uh, who awesome competitor. Um, playing wind water and he got me game one game two I was just out of gas not just in the card game but just in life so like I, I'm starting to see the writing on the, the witching hour yeah. dude it, the, the witching hour was upon us and I was like you know what I'm pretty fucking over it you got this I, I can't do anything now you've set up you got it so and he, he you know and it was funny in game two like he was doing stuff and I was like oh all my guys are dead he's like no I was like no when all these guys die this dies I was pretty much like doing like pretty much just being an honest player not expecting I, I wasn't trying to pull anything over like when you kill all those waff guys win loses her power yeah. she becomes a 9k and that's enough to kill everything else or is like i would see him do stuff and it was like no you've got the line you do that you do this you do that they're all dead boom he was like oh cool thanks and i was like dude i'm, I'm just pretty over it you, you've got this <laughs> yeah, yeah was, your, your, your next match was going to be water wind again exactly <laughs> i, I could one and this was just a long day, and I was I was hot, I was tired. My the crotch of my underwear had long since liquefied. Yeah, the heat just got worse. I don't Dude. know. Like 
Everybody left and it got hotter. Dude, oh, I don't understand. You had to be my under my underwear were a was, fine dude. soup when I peeled those things off. You had to, the real heat was at the Geek Easy. Okay, so, <laughs> this fucking bar, dude. Y'all messed up by not swinging into this bar for a second. Um, you know, pour one out for the love of Colin Coughlin's life. Yeah, yikes! <laughs> it doesn't have doesn't have glasses that are one piece, but has a bucket of PBR. And she has the boob beer. She holds like the beer between her tits, man. She knew what was up. She, she is a seasoned pro. That was not a rookie move she was using to carry all the beer. Wait, what? <laughs> John, tell the story. All right. So so Alex and I don't make top cuts. So we're like, well, let's go see what this geek easy is, right? So it's supposed to be like some kind of barcade. So we go down there and we don't see anything from the like it's just dark from in the front door. So we open it up. And we're in what is, like, literally a hallway with, like, these two shitty Walmart-type futons facing, like, two cabinets. And I mean, like, this hallway was long enough to fit, like, 15 video game cabinets. And there's only two. And it's, uh, what was it, like, Street Fighter versus It was the X-Men, X-Men arcade game and yeah. X-Men versus Street Fighter. <laughs> it was the X-Men side only game and X-Men versus Street Fighter, the most broken fighting game cabinet of all time. Of all time. So... We walk through this room, we're like, what the hell? Like, this looks like they cleared the place out. Like, like this is, like, where are we? It's dead quiet. And we hear, like, like you know, voices, but it's clearly, like, a movie or something. And we walk in to find a bar with, like, all these tables and chairs all around them. And there's, like, 20 people in there, and they are all dead silent. And they are watching The Sandlot. And The Sandlot was on every TV in the bar and even the bartenders were like staring up at the tv and watching the sandlot to the point where even when we were like asking we're like hey can we get a drink and they're like sure like but annoyed that we're interrupting like their viewing of sandlot and like even while they're getting the drink they just keep and like every time we're looking at the menu for even a second they just turn around completely 180 degrees and just keep watching sandlot and so we keep inviting people over we're like we're like not telling them what's going on we're like hey just walk into the bar and get a drink and they all come back like, what the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> and then they, they started bringing in, like, pizza, like, ten pies at a time, and it was just free for everybody. And they had free PBRs. And they what? were selling, yeah, dude, they sold, like, buckets of four tall boy PBRs for $10. Oh, what a and so, so we're That's just sitting ridiculous. outside because it's so, it's so eerie and strange to be inside the bar. So we keep buying our beers and going outside with them. And there's this girl out there with her mom. Cat mom, baby. <laughs> Fucking cat mom. And her mom is just like, at first we didn't know they're related. The girl is like this like young, early 20-something, like bright pink dyed hair. And she's just ripping one of those giant modded vape things, like chain smoking cigarettes and slugging PBRs, right? Just, oh just, just down the hatch, dude. Yeah. She, she was, she was, she was, uh, she was a tough one. Yeah, not afraid to chime in on, like, all of our conversations. Um, and so as people start getting knocked out, like, Colin Coughlin gets, you know, his, takes his L in top 16, comes next door, and starts... And he needs a beer us. after the ass whooping he got. So we buy him a beer. We're, we're handing out beers. Then all of a sudden, like, she gives him a beer, and we're like, oh, well, she's just being nice. You know, she's, like, sharing the love. We'll, we'll have to give her a beer, too. So we buy our next bucket and get her one. And then she, like, gives Colin another beer. And then at some point, she comes up to Colin and says... Uh, if you're ever in Florida again, I'd like to flirt with you. Is that what she said, uh, Chris? Something, like, Something that. like that. I don't know. Maybe she, a different F word. She, she, she basically <laughs> straight up propositions him and then runs inside. And we're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, 
But uh, like, howdy. Dude, we're just sitting outside the bar. Somebody walks up to me and like, what, do you want pepperoni or plain? I was like, uh, pepperoni? What? And they dropped off the entire pizza. We didn't pay for anything. We were uh, okay. And the, yeah, it was wild, and It was crazy. I have pictures I can show you guys of literally an entire bar full of people just dead silent watching Sandlot. Yeah, these, these <laughs> events are always just a blast. The, Something the else, man. little slices of life that you get out of these events is... Is worth more than just the event itself. Oh, for sure. For oh, sure. absolutely. Uh, so, so real quick before we wrap up, I did want to ask both of you guys something. So, both of you guys, I mean, I know that while Sam still played around Perilous, he definitely played like a tweaked around Perilous, and and uh, of course we have Brian on to talk about his unique deck. Um, you guys, when you look at the meta for this event, and you're preparing right for what you expect to see there. Are you like terrified of wind water, or you just know that it's a thing that you have to test against? And and how do you feel in general about everybody's saying, you know, uh, of course it's still like a very good deck, but people saying that like it's hands down the best deck that we need to ban like three of the cards in it, and that the meta is very stale. I'm just curious what your take is because both of you decided to play something else. Yeah, it, um, I I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I mean. Definitely, no. Nobody's gonna say Windwar is a bad deck. Like, right, obviously, that's not what we're you're here just, to say. Yeah. You're just wrong if you're saying that, and that that's that's one thing to be said. Um, but there are so many different cards in this game. It's not just that deck that's good. There's so many decks that are great, um, and it, it comes down to experience, testing, and really knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like, Brian's a great example of this, where he's, you know, took something different, and he's attacking the format intelligently to, to specifically counter a lot of these things. Um, and he's also, like, I, I don't expect, you know, everyone to pick up Brian's deck and have immediate success with it. Like, he's a very experienced player, and specifically with this um, deck. And that, that's kind of how I felt about Rampair, and that's kind of why I went back to it, is because it's, it's not just that Rampair is a good deck, but it's that I feel very, very comfortable playing that deck. It fits my play lines, it fits how I want to play the game, and it gives me a lot of options. Um, so just making sure that you're playing something that you're having fun with and that you like, I think that that makes the most difference than almost which deck you're playing. Um, and I, I, I think if you're, you know, a mono water player, you can show up with a mono water deck. If you're a, you know, mono wind player, show up with a mono wind deck, mono fire, etc. Like whatever you want to do, as long as you feel confident and you're intelligent about the choices you're making, right? Like if you're making those meta assist, you know, dependent calls, but like, if 50% of the tournament shows up with wind water, obviously we're going to see some wind water in the top cut. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, there, there was probably over a quarter of the room was wind water. So it's not very surprising that what, like four or five made top 16. Only five. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, exactly. Like, but I definitely, like I played like two other wind water players that didn't make top cut. And I saw plenty around the room. Um, so just just real quick for people, so there's three Waft decks, five Wind Water decks, and three Rampair decks in top sixteen. Everything else is something different. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm pretty sure there were only five people in Paris. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, and that's not saying that Rampair is a bad deck, but it's not saying that it's just completely always going to do great. I think the, the players who played Rampair deck and they did well with it, you know, they, they're very, you know, they play it a lot. Alejandro mm-hmm. has played a lot of ice and um, he feels very good with that deck. And Jim Doolittle's just a fucking wizard with, with some of his craziness. Mm-hmm. I think Alejandro so. named his deck like, I made this first or I played this first or something like mm-hmm. that too. So, uh, so, so you're basically, you know, hey, experience over just playing what people say is good is a big thing for you, you're saying, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Brian, the same thing, I mean, you worked very hard on this deck and put a lot of time into playing something, you know, unique. Uh, yeah, um, so, uh, my take's a little bit different than uh, than Sam's on this one. I actually think that, like, um, if everybody was playing on, like, you know, like, optimally, then I actually think that there's about, like, maybe six different decks that people could be playing, and I think Windwater would be the i wouldn't say the the best one it would be one of the weaker ones i think because all all the decks would be you know really good against wind water um, saying i think there's the really, like six tier one decks in your opinion yeah, six tier yeah. one decks and i think that uh, on that that tier one waff and wind water actually on the lower end of it mm-hmm. um i originally thought rampier was on, lo- on the lower end as well but sam has definitely made me reevaluate that <laughs> that assessment <laughs> um but um so it, it's I think that it's it, the reason why we see Waff and Windwater be expressed a lot more is because um, they're a lot either they're either easier to play or they've been played more often than other decks. Like Windwater has been around since what Opus three, right? Uh, this has been an archetype that has been around at, for a really long time, and the way that it plays a lot of times doesn't isn't drastically different from what it was in Opus three. Um, obviously, there's like you know additional nuances but uh in generally like if you played wind water you kind of get what the what the deck's trying to do so um w- when you take a look at like all of these like out like outlier decks that you know should be in the meta but aren't represented a lot of the times it's because people aren't comfortable with those decks um and with waff it's like you know it's pretty easy to pick up and use like you know player board and like uh, obviously there's going to be some nuance to it but uh in terms of being able to get to a point where you can actually feel like you're beating people, it's not that hard. So um, I think that it's it's, it's an over over representation problem and not a representation of actually how the meta would develop if everybody was playing optimally. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I try and say things a lot to people about like statistics and how math works, and that there's just simply not enough data for this game. Like it doesn't exist. There aren't enough tournaments. There aren't enough players uh, like playing practicing enough right there's not enough published results for us to well, possibly for, extrapolate for, for any card game you can take a hundred players and for a hundred players there may only be one of those that's actually a deck creator or deck inventor like you know how i think of you or brian as where you guys really innovate on decks or make you know original brews mm-hmm. but not everybody are those card players some people just you know, find a deck and want to play the game. Oh, sure. Hey, and look, I don't expect everybody to be that kind of person, right? Like, everybody's not a meta definer. Um, Some people would rather refine the meta. Some people would just rather somebody tell them what it is and point them in the right direction, you know, hand me the gun and I'll shoot. And that's fine. I mean, I get that. Trust me. But the thing is, I think that if, if you're one of the people who 
feels like you know you are in this box if you're also one of the people who's saying you know the meta is stale and you're not one of those people who's like working hard like then it's time to transition into maybe becoming one of those people like the solution to your problem is in front of you you just need to to seize it yourself you know um, so Seems to your again. point about the, the, the data though, mm -hmm. um, John, um, the data we also have currently is really, really poor. Like the, yeah, the, the data we have doesn't represent what the metagame should be. And a lot of times when people are trying to look at the data, they go like, oh, this is what the deck sh should be. When in reality, it's not really getting the full picture of, of what the metagame should be like. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Because um, I definitely couldn't test all of my ideas a statistically relevant number of times against all, even like the, let's say, six tier one decks. If I wanted to try and bring something into that and like, okay, can this contest? Like, I'd have to play a lot of games against six different decks and every time I kind of tweak, you know, it's a lot of work. I don't think anybody in this Discord would say that they've spent less than 100 hours like last year just like testing decks you know and it's uh sometimes like hey that's daunting but if you think that this is a problem like then you know that's where you got to invest your time absolutely and um you know I, i'm not gonna speak on that i do have two really big shout outs i want to give um just to also kind of help with the weekend first one is uh the judge staff um you know jake did a great job um Jason is awesome, and it was Jared, uh, Jared. Jerry. Yes, they, I, I wanted to call him. It was the three I wanted Js, to call him yeah. Jeff. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they they all did fantastic work. Um, they're all great human beings. I'm really glad they were there. Um, last big shout out is to uh, Miles and Shane and Chris McKinney, the the rest of the legendary Wolf Crew, um, keeping the masses entertained between rounds with uh, you know UFS and giving out packs to everybody. Um, you know, talking about their event out in Omaha. They got that um, just re Really making the downtime very entertaining, because I know I got to jam a lot of UFS. They're actually helping me really learn this game. Got to do a lot of that. Um, they're just absolutely fantastic people. Um, can't wait to go to their event. And just, just their, their, their generosity, you know, just giving people decks to play the game, just to really fill some of that really massive downtime that we had between rounds. Um, and just, just being great human beings just all across the board. So, you know, I, I think they helped. I think they opened up a lot of people's eyes to the game and, again, really filling a lot of downtime, which was, I think, really, really huge with this weekend. So big shout-outs to them for doing what they do. And, again, the judge staff was fantastic as well. Yeah, same so. shout-outs to uh, James and Kayla for setting this up again. This is a lot of work 100%. to set up a tournament like this. And, really, it's something else. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year already. So. It's, it's yeah, a good time. Absolutely. Um, also, shout out to the judges. I know that Jerry, that was like his first event since becoming yeah. the judge. So he, I think he did a really good job. It was definitely a hard oh, one. Yeah. I'll tell you, I don't know that I've had to do that many things in like a year of judging for Final Fantasy yeah. as, as far as like deck list uh, errors and things like that. And that stuff can be pretty hard and like pretty awkward mm -hmm. to talk to players about. And that's not something that they have on the test for you, right? Is like uh, yeah. how to actually approach What them. do you do in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think that that stuff was really well done and very well handled by them. So A+. Plus. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, I know that Jake kind of got his feet wet at Worlds, which is a funny place <laughs> to say, but you mm -hmm. know, he's uh, he's doing a good job too, so it was great on those guys. Um, and then also, uh, I have to shout out to Alex Scott, who I got to meet in person, who told me yeah. he fell asleep to our voice. Um, so I oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> got shout out on the, the cats, of course. Yeah, and so I started falling asleep to his voice, listening to their uh, podcast that they're putting out now. Yeah, um, and then you guys, uh, anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to say? Uh, I know we got to shout out Tony, who uh, unfortunately couldn't be with us. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going to be on the cast, but he was flying home. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he definitely put in a lot of work with the this deck. Uh, he actually um, like got to test it significantly more than I did because I, I I've been so busy. So like he actually did a lot of like work in uh, the the recent changes. So shout outs to him. Excellent, excellent. And I guess before we wrap it up, one last thing. You know, he said um, Alex Scott said he was having uh, trouble falling asleep to my voice. I will now read you an excerpt of <laughs> The Last Wish. <clears throat> she stood motionless, leaning over him, paying no attention to the gin struggling at its bonds above the tavern roof. The building show you can you can fade out on this, John. <laughs> The building shook. Lime and splinters poured from the ceiling. Furniture crept along the floor, shuddering spasmatically. So that's how it is, she hissed. Congratulations, you deceived me. Not Dandelion, but you. That's why the gin's fighting so hard. But I haven't lost yet, Geralt. You underestimate, underestimate me, and you underestimate my power. Till next time. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. (laughs) He's just reading The Witcher. (laughs) Yes, that was pretty amazing. Oh my goodness. Guys, that was a a two hours on the money.